1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 80 of The Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. And today, we're talking about bedtime routines, which I know is a big, hot topic with listeners.
0: Yeah, we've gotten several requests to talk about what bedtimes and evening routines look like in our families. And as usual, we're going to try to touch on all the various ages and stages. Um, Our kids are getting older. um, And I thought it would be fun, Megan, to actually start with your teenagers and work our way back. Sometimes we do the opposite. But today we're going to start with the oldest because it's got to look really different having older kids. Um, We do have a new intro, by the way, which does not... um, Commit our children to any particular ages. If you're a regular listener, you know we used to say how old our kids were, and my youngest, Violet, um, took much offense to still being referred to as two years old in our intro. So we have a new intro, and Megan, for our new listeners, tell everybody how old your kids are.
1: Well, I have to give you the funny backstory. So Sarah and I yeah. sit down together every single week and yes. record. Sometimes more than once a week. Yeah. But we knew this intro was old, and we just like couldn't bring ourselves to change it I don't like it just became this big thing that we kept avoiding because it felt really momentous
0: and we wanted really good sound quality and yeah. we had a little script that we were working on which yeah. we would mess up and laugh and we just um, never
1: got ourselves we just never got it together so anyway finally we did what we decided it'd be best if we just leave it open-ended <laughs> so that we don't have to re-record in a few months when like you know one of our kids turns another age or something so right. my kids right now are seven eleven thirteen seventeen and
0: nineteen All right. Well, let's um, kind of paint a picture for us about what um, bedtime slash evening routines look like, say for the oldest three, for your 13, 17, and 19. I assume they are staying up later than you a lot of nights.
1: So not, actually, that's not the case. Um, Okay. Not necessarily. The thing that I've learned about kids and their sleep is that as they sleep as babies, so shall they sleep. (laughs) as Rush. teenagers often. Um, now that's, you know, that's obviously an exaggeration and it's not right. always like that. But like William was always the baby. He was the only, he was my third. He's 13 now. He was the only one of my kids, maybe maybe of all of them, who I could actually lay on his back in a crib when he was newborn. Like, you know how they say, mm-hmm. like laying them down yeah. when they're awake, but not alert when yeah, they're getting drowsy, sleepy. drowsy,
0: drowsy, but awake. Yes, exactly.
1: And he was the only one where I actually did that and he fell asleep. But I remember watching him like, what? And he yeah. was just a wee little thing. Because none of the other kids did that. Um, He was, he's always been a kid who he's regular in his habits Mm -hmm. and he puts himself to bed. So he might like to stay up a little later, but he'll also get himself up in the morning with no trouble. And I really trust him on Mm -hmm. his... um, his ideas about how much sleep he needs, I trust because I think yeah. he, he's pretty in tune to that and it's important to him. If he's tired, it's, he goes to bed.
0: It's interesting. I'm just realizing how certain kids are much better at listening to their body on all kinds of things, not mm-hmm. just sleep, hunger, food, yeah. and certain kids are not. And so it's not, it's not one size fits all when they say I'm not tired or I'm not right. hungry or, you exactly. know, some yes. are just better. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I've been comfortable with letting him stay up later than I would. And he also is the first kid up in the morning often. Mm-hmm. Um, because he gets to get the bus before anybody else, but he he does it and he's alert and he's happy and he's you know doing well in school and all that. So all the signs are there that he's managing his sleep well. Um, right. Isaac was one who was kind of a terrible sleeper when he was little. He was also a really hungry baby. He was huge mm-hmm. and just hungry like all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know how much of that was really his natural sleeping um, mm-hmm. habits or whether it was just being a hungry, hungry little mm-hmm. hippo. <laughs> and then he kind of outgrew that. He is now very regular, but, but I think he's just kind of enacted some discipline to make that happen. So okay. he puts himself – he goes to bed really early, sometimes kind of ridiculously early. And like then,
0: what? Give us some – throw some times out here Like sometimes he's – I don't
1: even see him at night because he <laughs> just comes home and like I'll see him kind of, you know, by the time he gets home from whatever practice or after school thing he's got going on, I see him for 20 minutes and then he's gone and I'll say, where's Isaac? And everyone says, I think he went to bed. <laughs> um, but those are the nights when he might come out at midnight and like get a snack because he okay. didn't eat dinner. I mean, he's, you know, and we're trying to let him, he doesn't do it all the time. So if it was yeah. every day, I'd be a little worried, but just now and then. Otherwise yeah. he goes to bed like around eight. Okay. Most nights. And sometimes he sits up there and plays guitar for a little while or, you know, reads or whatever, but he's up in his room uh, pretty much from after like after dinner dishes okay. are done he's he's gone. Jacob is the one who he was an okay sleeper as a baby, also the only ba- baby who took a pacifier <laughs> which mm-hmm. I think helped. Um he was fine. I had no complaints. He napped regularly, he slept regularly, but he now that I'm not necessarily structuring his sleep mm-hmm. for him, he can be very disorganized about it. So mm-hmm. he sometimes stays up all night, not even really meaning to, just just because he gets on a tear with something and doesn't go to sleep or doesn't recognize that he's tired. I think he's right. one of those kids who doesn't know when he's hungry, doesn't know when he's tired, yeah. doesn't know when he's, you know, grumpy or whatever. So um, so those are the three who are managing themselves. Clara and Owen, who are seven and eleven, are still being told every night it's time for bed and sometimes there's a little right. fight. Um yeah. and it's yeah, it's so much easier now with those, even with those was the thing they I have to remind them about is brushing their teeth.
0: Yeah. I was, okay. So let's go into that a little bit. We're going to get to the kind of elementary schoolers in a minute, but with the, how much, um, how much reminding and what kind of reminding are you doing for teenagers, including stuff like showers, teeth, homework, if there is any. Yeah. I,
1: I mean, homework is kind of its own thing. I try not to leave that for night anyway. So um, they're doing that more, they're after doing school. that more after school. And then, so the teenagers are, have gotten really good with about their hygiene for the most part. Mm -hmm. I do sometimes have to remind, like I'll come in the kitchen and be like, somebody just smells so bad. (laughs) I don't know who it is. That was more a thing during the summer and during sports seasons, not as bad. Right now we don't have any kids playing sports, so it's not as big of a deal right this moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But things like... Yeah, I mean it took a while. Like William, you know, he's thirteen now. He is, like I said, really regulated. He gets up and he mm-hmm. takes a shower. He does it all in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good about that. But it took a couple of years of like coaching. He didn't believe he mm-hmm. needed a shower for a long time or, you know, I think like eleven, twelve like 11, 12, yeah. 10, 11, 12 is yeah. that age where kids really don't realize they're growing up and yeah. they need they need us to remind them, excuse me, that they yeah. need to take care of certain things. That was also the period when they would do things like wash their hair only with conditioner for weeks on a time. And I'd be like, why does your hair look so greasy? I'd say, bring me whatever you've been washing your hair with. And they bring it to me and it would say conditioner. And I'd say, well, you see where it says conditioner? That means it's not shampoo. They're like, well, right. how am I supposed to know? I said, because if it was shampoo, it would say shampoo and this no, no place does this say shampoo. So that's been a thing, um, at that age range. Owen right now it's like, he can still pass. He's not a particularly sweaty or smelly kid, mm-hmm. and he can kind of get away with now not showering every single day or even every other day, which is actually worse in some ways because I haven't gotten him in that daily schedule yet because I haven't had mm-hmm. to. And I know it's it's like lurking. He yeah. just turned 11 this week so right or last week. It's like lurking around the corner at some yeah. point very soon. It's going to be like, oh, You're gonna what smell happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to smell it, and then I'll know. And Claire just—I mean, Claire—I still do everything for. She needs her hair to be brushed out twice a day. It's she's got beautiful long hair, but it gets very tangly, and she's got a toothbrush in our bathroom and a one in her bathroom, the you know kids' bathroom upstairs, because yeah. otherwise sometimes stuff just never gets done. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, kinda... yeah, our, our routine has gotten a lot more laid back on my side.
0: Yeah, lot, lots less needed from you. I was going to ask before we move on from the the older teenagers. I was going to ask: Have there been? Um, are there little ways that you find to connect with them as part of, I mean, obviously with our little kids, we tuck them in or we read them yeah. a story or we, um, do you find that that also kind of changes over time or the, do you still pop in and say good night? Do they come to you to say good night? How, has how that sort of the connection part of it evolved?
1: They're more likely to come to me to say good night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I often will just kind of pop my head in their, in their bedrooms at night and make sure I at least lay eyes on them and make sure that yeah. they're actually in the house. Um and say hello. Sometimes I'll come in for a longer chat. Sometimes yeah. not. Um, I think we've all got, gotten better about checking in with each other instead of me having to direct it all. Yeah. And like often that. I'll still come in and like do a tuck in on the bigger kids or or the littler kids or read a story. But more and more that stuff happens on the main floor of the house. Like more and more I'm right. not going into their bedrooms to do that right. stuff. It's just kind of right. happening in the living room or in my bedroom, and it's not really taking place upstairs. So. Right. I feel like that's become their lair. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, for better or for worse, um, that's kind of how it's working out now.
0: And it so, sounds like that's, that's very much also a function of the structure of your house. We've talked, I mean, as we've talked about different routines before yeah. you guys, your, your bedroom is on the main floor and the kids are upstairs, which is different. Like for us, we're all, all bedrooms are upstairs. So, right. you know, it, it yeah, does exactly. just sort of change it the flow. It is just right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And in, in the bedroom or the upstairs is not always a super pleasant place to be. <laughs> right. It is very much the kid and we keep it, you know, as clean as possible, but it's just like not my space really. Yeah. So, um, I'm much more likely to have them come
0: to me Yeah. Now makes sense. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious
1: meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like calorie smart, protein plus, and keto.
0: Listeners,
1: our place offers a hundred day trial with free shipping and returns. And we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMOUR at checkout to receive ten percent off site wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMOUR.
0: Well, let's, um, let's move down backwards in time a little bit, too. So the kids, I'm thinking about now are more where my older two are on up through your Owen. Although as we just talked about, Owen is kind of transitioning into that tween you know, age, but so we're talking about Reed who's six, my Reed who is six, your Clara who is seven and my Allegra who is eight. So that this kind of like, I would call it younger elementary, middle elementary years. And this is, um, I mean, this is obviously a big part of my life, but it is a dance. They don't need as much tucking in and snuggling um as babies and toddlers and preschoolers but like you said with Clara I'm glad you started to go there um I think I was a little bit under the illusion that they would be more independent in like the personal grooming yeah <laughs> not, they're that not. I, not that I would <laughs> have to like not ask I mean I knew I'd have to ask and inspect but I just still feel like I'm doing a lot of it so let's stay with the bedtime stuff because obviously that's where what we're talking about but um my Allegra takes showers and actually both, they both prefer showers every once in a while. They, one of them will decide to get in the bath with Violet and play, but for their functional bathing, they both prefer showers. Um, we, this is like confession time. My kids only shower or bathe twice a week. I always so this, like to say yeah. that it's three times a week but that's just me lying. They really don't. I mean, (laughs) in the summer, when we go to the beach a lot, the beach or the pool will prompt a shower just because the beach were filthy and the pool really does wreck their hair. I used to not care about that or I didn't have the head space to care, but um, the pool we swim in now, the chlorine is just so rough on their hair. So a beach or a pool in the summer will prompt more showers and washing of hair, but otherwise it's twice a week. It's it's like Sundays and Thursdays for whatever reason, and I feel like that is not very much. I'm just coming right out and confessing. No, it. that's
1: that's exactly how much Clara showers, and and during yeah. the summer, exact same thing. During the summer, it might be four or five times a week because yeah. chlorine or because of sand, um, yeah. and her hair gets wrecked. And so, yeah. um, but during the school year, it usually ends up being Sundays and Wednesdays. And okay. I didn't really mean for it to be that. It wasn't like I set out for that to be the thing. But it just so happened every Sunday night I always had like a little extra time to give her yep. hair a good condition. And then then and then it was kinda like the next day I go, Well, she doesn't need one today. And the next day I'd yeah. be like, She doesn't need one today. And then it always was Wednesdays. So now for me to fit in another shower I'd have to I throw agree. everything off.
0: <laughs> so, I agree. And ours is Sunday, Thursday, only because we have swim um, uh, on okay. Thursdays. And yeah. so... Um, I mean,
1: I think it's okay. They're not getting that dirty. They're not
0: doing anything this time and of they're year. They're not, not really... They're not puberty sweaty. Right. Like, they're not stinky yet.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, unless there's some kind of toileting problem going on right. or something like that. I, I just don't really... I don't... I'm don't, not that worried about it. Um, and Clara still needs me to come into the bath, which is interesting because she's super modest. She okay. needs me to come into the bathroom with her and help her because she freaks okay. out if she gets soap in her hair, Yeah, really freaks out or in her eyes, I mean, and she really needs her hair to be really well conditioned or it's yeah. terrible. So yeah. I am in there with her the whole, almost the whole time, like just actively managing her showers. Yeah. Um, and she'll be like, why? You, you don't have to be here. And I'm like, well, you don't know how to get the water adjusted to your pleasure. So if I yeah. don't, she's in there whining <laughs> the whole time or freaking out. You can't keep the soap out of your eyes and you can't condition your own hair or you can't rinse your own hair. So really, yeah. I do kind of have to be here helping. And that's,
0: that's interesting because Allegra's one year older and I would say she's like 60 to 75% independent. Um, and she's kind of inconsistent. I mean, for one, she'll take a really long time sometimes. And we're in a drought here in California. So I'm like, uh, got to speed things up. She is capable of doing a good job on her hair and she's got super thick hair. Um, but sometimes she's spacing out and I look at it. And I'm like, uh, no, there's like a pile of conditioner on the top of your head and none of it is anywhere else. So I would say I'm active, but probably not as active as as you are one year later and Reed Reed is he just kind of goes with the flow we just like put him in there and I do it all for him I would like him to start to be a little more independent but he he's actually pretty easy he's quick and efficient once he's in there he lets you just like <laughs> he doesn't want to play or anything he just wants to get it over with so right um, So that's the baths and showers part, and if anybody else out there has guilt that you're only bathing your kids a couple times a week, join us because we're choosing not to feel guilty.
1: (laughs) I absolutely gave up on feeling guilty about that a long time ago, and honestly, Owen is – even Owen is still kind of on the cusp where like some weeks it's three times and some weeks he just skates. Like he's really – Owen is super great at never getting around to the thing I asked him to do, and he somehow manages to kind of fly under the radar. So I'll be like, oh, and get in the shower – and the next thing I know, it's an hour later and he said he did it and he walked away and he had clothes in his hand. <laughs> but then I find out later he he didn't go. And since I don't really have to monitor him in the shower right. and his hair dries really fast, sometimes I have to yeah. say, did you actually get in the shower? And it's like, what? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah. whoops. So yeah, he gets very distracted by what he's got going on and is excellent at flying under the radar. So um, yeah. that is something where I'm just going to have to start doing the sniff test more often, yes. I guess.
0: And it will be, it will make itself apparent. It will. It will be very apparent. Um, well, okay. So moving on to other parts of the bedtime routine with this age group, um, we we're pretty structured about timing. Um, so the older two are eight and six and they both read independently. In other words, they don't need us to read aloud. Um, Reed was actually a really advanced reader. So he kind of got to the same place as Allegra, like before, it just kind of happened overnight. Like he didn't read to himself and then he did at a pretty fluent level. And so they both have always have books that they're reading on their own. It's interesting. Allegra does like, still like to be read aloud to. So the way the bedtime kind of the dance works in our house is that I will, um, put Violet to bed and I'll read to her, Um, and then I'll pop over to Reed's room and he does not like to be read aloud to, um, I would like it if he did. We still try to do reading aloud in our family during the day and other times. And he'll always come listen if a story is being read, but at night in his routine, he would prefer not to be read aloud to. So for him, I just pop in and say goodnight and, um, make sure he's done all the things. Brian is, I I should also pause to say many years I did all this by myself. Brian was traveling a lot, but now he's home. So we're kind of doing this in tandem. So I'll pop over to tuck Reed in and it's just like a kiss and a good night for the most part. And then I'll go to Allegra's room where she's probably been reading independently and she's been in bed for a while and then I'll get in bed and I'll read to her. So that's kind of nice. She really does still like to be read aloud to, And I'll read aloud from whatever she's reading usually, or sometimes we have a separate read aloud going the two of us that's different than what she's been reading herself. So that's kind of, it's kind of nice. It's just interesting. Some, you know, some kids don't care to be read aloud to, And it's such a big part when you're putting to bed babies and toddlers and preschoolers, you just feel like you're reading bedtime stories for years. And then all of a sudden, no one needs you to read to them. So how's Clara with that?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I've shared this before, on, I think on this podcast, that um, I've never been big at reading aloud at bedtime. Yeah, I think when we when have were definitely really touched on it. Yeah, when they were little, time. I would just be so exhausted that even, yeah. and then I always also felt like I need to get the lights off and start, because my none of my kids were great self-soothers and they weren't great at just putting themselves to sleep. So I felt like the faster I could get the light off and I would like, like lay between two kids or whatever and just start talking and I would make up stories. And that really worked really well for me because first of all, you can kind of make them a little bit boring yeah. (laughs) and you start, they start to get kind of repetitive and the kids get, you know, they just kind of like, I think lulled the kids to sleep more Mm -hmm. than anything else. And I could do it in the dark, you know, nursing a baby or, Mm -hmm. um, with my eyes closed or as long I could go as long as I wanted or as short as I wanted. And there was none of this, Hey, but you didn't read that page. Right. And uh, honestly, when the kids were really little, I just didn't have the emotional energy or mental energy at the end of the day for a fight over a book or just any of that. So I, I usually did, um, reading aloud during the day back then. And I will say now, like we'll always have a book going. It's usually something Claire is mostly interested in. Owen will come in and listen Mm -hmm. and gets kind of mad if, He's not invited to listen, but he'll never stay. Like, he'll stay right. for a few pages and then kind of wander away. And right. unfortunately, everyone else is not interested anymore. Yeah. They all have yeah. their own books they're reading, and they're, they're all kind of doing their own thing. And um, we do, you know, books on tape sometimes, especially. Yeah. Or, I know, books on tape. That's like the most dated reference, and I keep saying <laughs> <It's> okay. that.
0: okay. <laughs> I know what you mean. Books on
1: 8-Track. But, you know, we keep we do have audio books that are part of, you know, family trips and, like, special yeah. weeks and weekends and, tra- and uh, vacations and stuff. But as a, as a whole, I feel like that's something that's really kind of Clara's domain now and really yeah. tends to happen more like after school.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I, we, we have touched on that in other episodes that reading aloud is much more fluid. It does not have to be at bedtime at all. Yeah. And we should actually um,
1: link, we should link to the um, episode. I, I think of the home hour I did with the read aloud revival because oh, I yeah, think we talked a lot about that
0: as well. Yep. So we can link to both of those. Yeah. Um so what about um well I wanted to touch on bedtimes actually for this group still since we we can say actual time. So my kids are I kind of explained how it works, but Violet is usually lights out. I'm leaving her room at 7:30 still. Um and the big kids who may be reading to themselves. Um Reed is one of those where he will listen to himself and just and turn off the light, but if he doesn't 8 would be the very latest I'd want him up. Um and then Allegra I've said 8:15 it, de- it really depends on what time she's been waking up. I've talked about my kids are all early risers. So mm-hmm. if she keeps popping out of her room at 545, 6, I'm not okay with later than 815. She is yeah. she will sometimes stay up late reading and she'll kind of sneak out. She loves to sneak out and tell us if she's finished a book. So sometimes we're watching TV downstairs and she'll be like, mom. And we're like, <laughs> why are you still awake? But it kind of ebbs and flows how strict I am. And it's a lot tied to um, how much she's sleeping in in the morning. Yeah. So if she's sleeping till 7.00 or so, then I'm okay with a little bit later. I kind of look at roughly 10, like I'd love for her to get roughly 10 hours of sleep still at her age, but it's not like, it's not super strict. So by ideally by eight o'clock I am done upstairs and she may still read for another 15 minutes, but in an ideal world, I am alone. Brian and I are adults in the house at eight o'clock, which is pretty early, I think for some families, but how about you guys?
1: Um, so we we start the process around 8. Um, ideally, I like everyone in bed falling asleep by 8.30, but often it's pushing 9 because yeah. I'll, you know, sometimes let them read in bed a little longer or something like – or talk a little bit or whatever. So um, I'm happy with 9 as being sleepy time because my kids don't get up. Owen and Clara don't get up until about 7.45.
0: Right. Yeah, so, that's a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Or 8
1: even sometimes. it depends like, who's getting them up in the – I am such a – I can – I have their morning – routine down like so quick like so well, like it's such a science that I yeah. will sometimes let them sleep until seven fifty or seven fifty five. So
0: yeah.
1: Um yeah, so that's I feel like plenty of sleep as long as they're really asleep. Yeah. At that time. And I've also found sometimes if I send them up too early, but I kind of leave it open ended, like and I will do mm-hmm. that sometimes if I just can't stand being around them anymore. <laughs> But <laughs> you know, it's like that moment where I'm like, I just can't, I just yes. need quiet. I sometimes I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to go to bed super early tonight, but that means you get to read in bed or whatever for as long as you want, not as long as you want, but for a lot yeah. longer. But then I have to go up there. And I feel like sometimes if they've just had this open-ended, like they can just read for an hour, then they want to yeah. keep going. Whereas if yeah. it's more like 20 minutes, then it's done. Yep. It's done. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to like
1: limit the amount of time they have to do stuff or it just never ends. It's
0: it's kind of like in the morning when we did our episode about morning routines, it's the same thing. If you have this like two hour window, things drag on. Whereas if you, like you said, let them sleep, if they'll sleep in and then just get up and do everything at once, it's almost easier. Um, so what about, um, I know at this ages that calling out or one more glass of water or I, I like Allegro's famous for like, mom, my left toe itches. Like, so have your kids done the thing where they come out of their room or call out for you after they're supposed to be in bed in these younger years?
1: Uh, yeah, totally. I think is there any parent whose kid hasn't done that? Right, <laughs> like, exactly. It's I, yeah, normal guys, it's absolutely. normal. Absolutely. So yeah, it's totally normal. Um, I feel like it's it's like you're training them. Sometimes yeah. you're training them every single night for like <laughs> for your whole life. Kind of feels <laughs> like. Um, and then by the time you think you finally got it, they've moved on to another stage anyway. So yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, they'll still do that now. And there's those nights when I think everyone's in bed and like I've I've nailed it and I settle in with my glass of wine and my TV show or whatever. And then those are the nights I hear a little voice and Clara yeah. comes, you know, creeping down the stairs and pokes her head and it's like, mom, can I sleep <laughs> with you tonight? No, no, no. You've asked me that, you know, 50 times and I say no every time. Um, but it's it, there's that there's just that little like pushing back and i i don't always know it's going to happen it's not like it's always the night when she's grumpier or right. more energetic right. it's totally random and so yeah it happens all the time and yeah, i just say happens. i'm yeah. very firm I- and i'm just like i love you give me a hug and kiss good night
0: yep i agree i think like consistency I, I mean, in my more tired, you guys know I'm, I am a morning person. So for me, anything after 8 PM, not that I'm asleep, but I'm just not wanting to be a human in the same way that people who don't like to be a human before, you know, 7 AM, like that's me. I just, once I feel done, I feel done. So I have had to kind of work on like my annoyance level and it's just, it's like you said, it's part of the drill. It's normal. If I need to set limits so that they do it less, then I can do that. But I feel like my like exasperation level sometimes is, um, like greater than it needs to be. And Brian and I like take turns going up the stairs. And it's so funny, the things that they, sometimes my kids will say they had a bad dream, but they've only been in there for like 10 minutes. Oh yeah. Well, technically let me tell you how dreams work. Exactly.
1: Let me tell you about the type of sleep you have to be in before that can even happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that totally happens. And so the other thing is, um, I also had the irritation and what I've, what I've started to do is like figured out how to channel my irritation into this really almost like syrupy sweet, like a, like a Mary Poppins like kind of a firm voice. And I'm like, Nope, you can't come down now. It's time for bed. And I just do it and I don't argue and I don't, I won't like entertain reasons. It's just like, Nope, it's time for bed. Um, now Owen, I shouldn't call Owen out like this, but let me just say there has been some, there's been some issues with people not wanting to use the upstairs bathroom because there is a window in it. Mm. Okay. Um, and a big mirror, which I think mm. freaks some people out in my house. Yes. And so there have been certain children who like to come downstairs to use the downstairs bathroom. And sometimes mm. that can become a stalling technique. Like they yes. come down more than once in an hour. And I know it's just a way, it's like an excuse to come down. I just yeah. say absolutely nothing. I don't even say yeah. a word they walk. They'll walk right. right in front of me, go use the bathroom, walk back on the way up the stairs. and like, good night. Love you. And then so they kind of know I'm not going to engage with yeah, them. Yeah, you're
0: not engaging. Yeah, this is
1: just a, a, a you know, potty stop and that's it. So, yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh. But you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite.
0: Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring.
1: to grow into healthy adults.
0: I think um, when the stalling, because sometimes I feel like the stalling starts after you've maybe had a little reprieve from like whatever, sleep training or sleep issues. Things get kind of like pretty organized and routine for a while. And then this more big kid, like clever stalling, I feel like can kick in. And you almost have to think back to like the baby years, which we're going to move on to in a second. And just think of like, how structured do I need to make this um, bedtime routine All of the boxes are checked off and therefore they have no good excuse for calling out. So if that means water, you know, we keep water bottles by our kids' beds and usually wash them out, rinse them out and give them a good wash every, I don't know, handful of days. But otherwise they just stay there for a few nights. It's just clean water. So they have water there make sure the water's filled. Everybody uses the bathroom before they go in there. You know yeah. what else? Like the temperatures, right? Like so, I feel like I do a lot of checking in and checking the boxes before saying good night. And you know, it just takes. It's sort of like they school you into knowing what you have to do, which which things to head off at the pass. And then I I do feel like that does help because if it's going to the bathroom, you know, well we clearly need to go to the bathroom right. sooner in the evening yes. or have less to drink or something. So you're sort of always adjusting. The amount of structure needed in the routine to to you know minimize that baloney nonsense and,
1: and and you're also getting wise. Sometimes it takes a little while to get wise to a kid who suddenly seems like they're a little smarter than they were. Yeah.
0: or scared <laughs> and, of everything all of a sudden. Yes, or... yeah, that kind
1: of yeah, exactly. So there's stuff like that. It changes. It just changes and changes and changes. And the things that are you know like I thought I finally had everyone work, going to bed at a decent time and I had it all under control, and then my oldest teenager started like lurking around the house in the middle of the right. night. And would scare me sometimes because there's this, you know, man walking around my house. So it always, it's always changing. There's always flux. I think when you're living with other humans, there's always going to be something weird about their sleep that you're not going to like, or it's going to be alarming to you. So
0: the more humans, the crazier it is. Yep,
1: exactly. That's
0: so funny. Okay. Well, um, we're going to finish obviously talking about the littlest people and their bedtime routines. Real quick before we do that, um, I just wanted to ask a favor of our listeners. Um, I would love to get our Facebook page over. We're approaching kind of a big milestone in the number of likes, and we've been hovering below that milestone for a while. If you're on Facebook and haven't liked us, it does help. It's not the only way to interact with us, um, but it helps in lots of different ways, and we love to see you on there. And um, I would love to boost our – it's just purely a selfish request. I would love to boost our Facebook um, page likes numbers, um, over this holiday season and into the new year. So make it's Sarah happy everyone
1: make her day, What's make Sarah know, happy, make me happy.
0: Like me. so easy. It's just, a so simple, we're just the mom hour on Facebook. Yeah. And, um, so many of you are on there and it's so fun to see you and interact with you there. But if you're not, and you're a Facebook user or an occasional Facebooker, just give us a like, I would love it. I'll link to that page in the show notes. Um, but it's easy to find us anyway. So. All right. Okay. So now you get in your time machine, Megan. This yeah. is when you go travel back in time. Oh, I don't
1: remember any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Am I okay, supposed no- to be having some kind of flashback right now? Because I've blocked it.
0: Yes, it's not, it is not there, but you survived. You I lived, did survive. So you're living survive. proof. Um. So I'm thinking of many, many of our listeners who have like a newborn and a toddler situation. Um, and I think that some of the ones who've emailed us about this also have like traveling or working spouses. So you also are not, you know, you're also on your own at bedtime. So I do have a few kind of tips for this other than our usual. Yeah, please. Um, I
1: think that you, you are so much better at being organized with all this and getting it down and all that stuff. And I, well,
0: you're better at being laid back. So we, <laughs> all right. we, we each have our other. strengths,
1: but I think you should give the actual tips and then I'll okay. weigh in with why I didn't do that and how it was still okay. turned out. Okay.
0: Perfect. I love it. Um, well, it's just number one, it's just hard. It's hard with a fussy baby. Um, if you have other little ones like toddlers and preschoolers, and then you have a baby who wants to be held all the time, that can be really hard. Um, I did a lot of baby wearing in the evening, including sometimes having a baby take like a 5.30 nap on mm. me, which would then get into, that's more of like the dinnertime deal. But, um, or I would also go through phases where I would put a baby to bed for the night at like six o'clock. And I, I would know, these are, my babies didn't really sleep through the night anyway. So I knew that baby was going to be maybe hungrier earlier at one o'clock instead of making it till closer to morning. But it was worth it to me to have their bedtime be absurdly early, like six o'clock so that I could then focus on, the others. So that's just, that's and you, just, you've always been early risers too. Yes.
1: So yeah. like a, a bedtime like that would have killed me because right, it I was meant, not getting yeah. up. Nobody was getting up that, you know, they would, it would have right. ended up happening is they would have ended up getting up in the middle of the night probably yeah. or something weird like that. So yeah.
0: Yeah. No. And, and same thing with my not really enjoying the late evenings. I'd rather that baby take, call it a nap from six to, you know, whatever PM. And at least I kind of had that break in the evening for me. Um, One thing I was going to say about toddlers and preschoolers is sometimes just like moving to another part of the house or doing having a different set of activities or play that you do anytime from after dinner to bedtime can be a really good way to just like – cue everybody that the winding down is coming. And I think it's helpful for adults too. We used, we've always had houses where obviously kitchen is downstairs and bedrooms are upstairs. So we would sometimes take the whole, I'd take everybody upstairs pretty much right after dinner. And I think it also helped me. I didn't have dishes to look at. I wasn't trying to multitask with the rest of the house. And we might do a bath, I mean, early, you know, even an hour before bedtime so that it just felt like we were, moving into this general bedtime phase. Um and I think that also helps not trying to cram it all into, you know, a 30 minute routine. One of the hard parts I think is if you've had your first baby and they're regular like relatively structured in their bedtime, yeah. the next baby's gonna throw everything off, right? Yeah. Because you just can't, you can't and that can be depending on how much you like structure, like I do, or your kid likes structure, that can be a little bit um hard to adjust to. And
1: depending if there's two kids, if they're if their sleep patterns line up at all, right. um, I was. You know, it's easy for me to look back now and say, "Oh, I was lucky. All of my kids slept in." But was it that I was lucky yeah. that they all happened to be exactly the same, or were they just picking right. up from me that right. that was kind of the way our family slept—stay up a little bit later and sleep in a little bit later? I think that I was never a night. I was always a night person and not a morning person at that right. time. So, um, although yeah. that's changing a little bit, that's definitely how I was. I, Probably some of it was because I was so young. I mean, yeah. I probably still had like an adolescent's brain in a lot of ways. <laughs> and so I was kind of on that college, like, you know, stay up till midnight and burn the midnight oil thing and then sleep until nine But right, you did
0: what worked for you, which is lesson right. number one. And exactly. your, your kids got they had their own version of a routine and structure because it was around like your own rhythms. So I think that's actually really good for, um, a few episodes ago. Remember we answered that, um, listeners question who works a graveyard shift and like co-sleeps with her baby because she's not home at night, like whatever, whatever works with you, your family has its own version of structure and routine. So mine probably looked more like what the books will tell you, but that's not that, that isn't better or worse. It's just what, what are, and so I think you probably had as much rhythm in your oh, little yeah, yeah. family in those yeah. early years.
1: There was definitely rhythm. I, I wasn't super structured about it, but they're definitely like, we all knew, you know, the, the night was winding down and depending on whether right. I had a toddler and an infant or like a toddler a preschooler and an infant all at once. Because um, there was a point where I had all three or I had a kindergartner, yeah. uh, a toddler and an infant. And that was, that was probably the most challenging except that that kindergartner happened to be Will who would put right. himself to bed. So, yeah. um, I always kind of managed to skate and I came up with all kinds of workarounds just to make it easier. Like sometimes I had kids sleep in the same bedroom, even though we had an extra bedroom
0: Yeah, they could have yeah. been in
1: because it was easier for me to sit, you know, rock one baby while kind of like, kind of like talking the toddler down and then just put that baby right in their bed when they were done or like, you know, have, or sometimes I would have like one kid. I often had a baby at least in my bed at night. So sometimes bedtime routine really all happened in my bed and then we would just move kids out as needed. And so I just found a lot of like survival workaround kind of, kind of tips, I guess. Um, yeah. Do what you got to do. I will also say one thing I really worried about when my kids were really little is because they did stay up late and sleep in late. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be really hard to adjust to a school schedule and it really has not been. I'm, I, I feel like You know, and I know there's like some, there is a lot of controversy over whether it makes sense for littler kids to get up later while older kids get up earlier. And I understand why that is the case, but in, you know, I understand why that controversy exists, but in our family, it's actually been really nice to be able to go from the, you know, preschooler who kind of gets up whenever or at nine to only really having to get up a little before eight and then gradually they get up a little earlier and a little earlier. So yeah. Yeah, that's worked for us. I mean, I understand why the argument is that it shouldn't be that way, but right. it kind of helped us ease in.
0: Right, right. Um, well, we talked about, I did make a note to give yourself a break on reading aloud. Whatever you think you're supposed to do, um, just give yourself a break. We co- And you touched on that earlier, yeah. and we'll link, we'll link to some other conversations we've had about that. But just some other options, like you said, um, just like a long cuddle in the dark, music, singing, like whatever feels... The like the easiest thing for you to do with your brain. It's so funny that you say that making up stories felt easier for you because that would I would rather do a million other things than make up stories. (laughs) Well, they were terrible stories. Let's just be honest. (laughs) I'm sure I've said this on this show, but I can. read aloud and think about something else entirely. I, I mean, I don't know if everyone can do that or if everyone can do it well, but I, I just like plug in my reading aloud and my brain can completely like go to sleep and I just read. So to me, that's a way bigger brain break than making up a story. It's just funny Right. Doing it. And for
1: me, it was like, I would totally go on autopilot and just open my mouth and words would come out and the kids were, <laughs> you know, kind of interested, I guess, or yeah. not, whatever. But, um, but at least it was me engaging with them and i there's so many times you can read to your kids you can have a whole day yeah. an opportunity yeah. to do that it does not have to be at night if that's not working for you for whatever reason for me it was really the light the light was what yeah. killed it so, so yeah
0: so give yourself give yourself a break on reading aloud um i did a lot of baths talking about how my kids don't bathe very much now when brian was traveling a lot i feel like i used bath time as like with the older two who were like maybe 3 and 5 um, or two and four, I felt like I at least knew where they were. Yeah. So I would put them in the bath and they required supervision, but they weren't a slippery you were, newborn. You weren't were having so to hold them I up would, the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So I would, I could nurse Violet just sitting there in the bathroom with them, or I would putter around just right in the hallway, getting their pajamas ready. So it, yeah. it, bath was not, not like a to-do list. It was actually helped me out. So yeah. I no,
1: I remember very clearly when baths were like a, a survival thing for me every day. Yeah. It was like, you're going in the bath and I'm going to sit here. And like, sometimes I would just rest. Like sometimes yeah. it would be like, I'm just going to sit here and sit on the toilet and look at my phone or shut my eyes for a few minutes or whatever it was. Um, Like a, a chance for them to be contained and happy. Yeah. They were always really happy in the bath. And yep. so it was just, it was like a really nice part of our day that helped cue them. But also, like you said, it really helped me. Like, so yes, that's another one exactly. that I think is great.
0: Um, What about kids who we did actually answer a whole listener question one time about co-sleeping and we've shared our different experiences. So without going into too much detail there, you've had kids who wanted you there with them while they fell asleep. Right. I've never really had that except for infants, you know, infants, I would nurse or rock them to sleep. But after like nine months or a year. That wasn't my kids weren't asking me to stay with them while right. they fell asleep, but yours were, right? Was there? Um,
1: not always. I mean, not always. first okay. of all, I was still night nursing pretty late with with my kids, so they were more like, you know, two before they right. were, you know, not nursing or at least nursing at bedtime, but sometimes still nursing to sleep. So that was part of it. Um, I could by the time they got old enough to kind of understand. I could say something like, all right, I'm going to lay you down. And then mommy's going to go clean up the kitchen and I'll be back. And often that I'll be back was sort of nebulous. And so, yes, I was back, you know, two hours later. Yeah. Um, but they, that depends on the kids. Some kids were great about being like, okay. And they would fall asleep and others would come out and find me. Um, And so that very, that very much varied when it was the kid who really wouldn't sleep. And I'm thinking in particular of of one of them who would not Mm -hmm. sleep unless I was next to them. I just kind of rearranged my nights around that. And it was okay. I mean, looking back, I probably could have been more proactive from an earlier age with that kid, but I hadn't had that same experience with his brothers. Right. So I didn't expect it. And yes. then by the time I kind of figured out what was happening, I was sort of entrenched, and and then I knew that, then I knew that the, um, that the the light, you know, at the other end of the tunnel was coming because he was getting bigger and it wouldn't be yeah. forever. So I just decided to kind of bear Write it down, it yeah. just ride it out, and it wasn't that big of a deal. I would lay in bed and read my Kindle or yeah, or maybe I didn't even have a Kindle by that age, but I would lay in bed and read or listen to something, some music yeah. or whatever, and it wasn't the end of the world. Having a reason to lay down at the end of the night, yeah and not do chores is not the end of the world. It is <laughs> the not. thing I will it say. I, I just kind of learned to embrace it, I guess.
0: Well, and all I was going to say on that is I think I would echo what we said in that episode and I will link to it um, with the listener who asked about co-sleeping, which is that if things are working for everyone in your house, don't fix what ain't broken. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. If, like don't don't let outside forces start to let you question what you're doing. If everyone, and I do mean everyone, the child, yes. the partner, the marriage, the spouse, if it is working for your, this season of life, it's not broken and you don't need to fix it. I mean, I can say that without even knowing most people's sleep Absolutely. routines. Yep. But the other side of that that I do feel pretty strongly about is when when it's causing stress on you, when it's putting a lot of pressure on mom to always be that one, or if it's messing with your routine and you're ready to have some of your evening back, I do think there are ways, gentle, loving ways to help kids through those transitions. And we've talked about it in other ways, but it's, it's almost always more doable than you think. It just seems like, Oh my gosh, they're never going to be able to fall asleep without me. And I have, I have friends who's, you know, three, four, five, six year olds still want them to lie down and fall asleep with them. And that's great if that's, part of the bonding and that's what they want but if you're ready for a change there is there is change available to you that's just I think I feel really strongly that people know that it doesn't have to be this way if it's not working for you
1: that and I will also say that even with a very young close sleeping baby um, it doesn't always have to be mom you know dads are very capable and so if that's something that two of you choose to do together don't feel like that then necessarily needs to be all on you Right. Because right. I mean, either you're working. So if you're putting a baby to sleep, that doesn't mean like you're checked out. So the other partner is free to like ignore the dirty dishes in the kitchen yeah. and watch yeah. TV. I mean, it's you're parenting. And then the other person I feel, you know, could be doing or should be doing their part in whatever way yeah. that looks like. And sometimes yeah. maybe they'd want to be the one to come in and take the little one and let you have a break. And so that, you
0: know, win, win, but, and what works for a while can all of a sudden not be working anymore. And that's true of all kinds of different routines. And we say that over and over again on this show, but being open to change, including your own definition of what's working. And sometimes you don't realize it. And you're like, gosh, this, I'm so irritated with bedtime right now. And then it's time to be like, okay, well, what's what's not working that could be changed. So I think that's our, that's our good message to wrap up on, but, um, this was fun. And um, I'm sure there's lots more we could say on bedtime routines. We'd love to hear from listeners. Um, you can comment right on the show notes, which are at themomhour.com. This is episode 80. Or shoot us an email, hello at themomhour.com, or come find us on social media. Tell us what Tell us what evenings look like in your house. Please do. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code theMomHour. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code theMomHour to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
0: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general.
1: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com,
0: and that's Megan with two A's, francis.substack.com.